Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Taylor Kasla. Taylor, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. All right, let's let let's go. Taylor is a partner at Agress Law Firm. They're a consumer rights and personal injury firm who are putting people first. I'm excited to have you on. Taylor, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. I'm excited to be here today. Iger's Law Firm is a personal injury and consumer rights firm, like you just said. Uh, we typically represent consumers who are harassed by debt collectors and individuals and families who have suffered an injury or loss due to an accident. Our consumer rights practice focuses on debt collection harassment and inaccuracies on credit reports. Both are federal laws that apply to every state. So everyone is protected by these laws. They're called the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act and the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Um, And then with respect to the personal injury, we primarily handle cases in Illinois because we're located in Chicago. I personally am licensed in Wisconsin as well, and my partner, Mike Agris, is licensed in California, so we do have a broad personal injury practice as well. Nice, interesting uh, that the 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 debt collection uh, consumer rights those are federal laws. Is that common or uncommon? So it's federal law; it applies to everyone. Um, however, certain states including Wisconsin, Florida, Texas, California, and a handful of others have their own state protection. So you can bring a case um, in any district court, which is a federal court across the nation. But if you live in one of those states, like Florida, where they have their own statute, you can oftentimes bring the case under both statutes and get double the damages. Okay. So I imagine people do that. Absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> these laws were created by state legislators to protect uh, their residents and people in their states, and um, people should certainly take advantage of those protections provided to them. So, okay, um, which which states have the double? You mentioned Florida. Florida, Wisconsin has one. Texas, California. North Carolina, those are the only ones that are coming to mind at the moment. However, under the federal law, any person in any state can bring a case under the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act um, and as well as the Fair Credit Reporting Act. All right. And can you give me an example of, of, of what that might commonly look like? Sure. Debt collection harassment common violations we see are calling at inconvenient hours. So that's between 9 p.m. and 8 a.m., the consumer's time. There are certain disclosures a debt collector needs to make when communicating with a consumer, including disclosing the identity of the debt collector and disclosing that the communication is from a debt collector. There are also limits on communications with third parties. A debt collector 
lawfully can contact third parties, family members, friends. However, they cannot disclose that the communication is an attempt to collect a debt or that the person owes a debt. So basically, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, it's a laundry list of what debt collectors, third-party debt collectors, can and cannot do when attempting to collect a debt from a consumer. So a debt collector, if, if, if I owed some company money and they could call my family but not tell them that I owed them money? So if you owed... Let's say you fall behind on a credit card okay. bill. That bill is then sent from the original creditor, the credit card company, to a debt collector, a third-party debt collector to collect on its behalf. That third-party debt collector can call your family and friends to get location information. Those communications must be limited to location information. So, hey, do you know where George is, what's his address, <laughs> what's his telephone number. Got it. I don't know why I'm laughing about that. That sounds terrible. And that's 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 common? And do people share that information? You know, it, it depends on the debt collector. Some collectors we see contact coworkers, friends, family. They are so limited on the frequency of contact with those parties once they communicate with that third party once. It's unlawful to continue to communicate with them unless requested to do so. Um, it really depends collector by collector. Uh, we see a lot of collectors up in New York. There tends to be like a hub in Buffalo that tend to violate the FDCPA quite frequently. And, you know, violations are all over the spectrum. They can be really egregious by calling family and saying, hey, um, George owes this debt, you better pay it or we're going to file a lawsuit against him. And that's a huge violation right there. Um, but then you can have the not-so-severe violations, like leaving a voicemail message that just didn't disclose the name of the collection agency. Got it. You said that there's that seemed to be a, a group of bad actors in New York? Yes, there actually tends to be like a little hub out there for collection agencies um, that are, they violate more frequently than we see in the rest of the country. Huh, interesting. All right, so on the, for lack of a better term, spectrum of, of debt collection companies, is there a way to know how many there are? Are there people that, that have a tendency to do things exactly the right way. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there are folks like we've just been talking about who are violating. So there are thousands, many thousands debt collection agencies out there. It's important that, you know, if you fall behind on bills, keep any letters, voicemail messages. If you pick up the phone and you're talking to a debt collector, take notes. Who are you speaking to? What are they collecting on? What's the balance? I also recommend monitoring your credit report. That's a great way to stay on top of maybe outstanding accounts or accounts that slip through the cracks. So you go to the hospital, and when you leave the hospital, I think most people think that you get one bill for, just from the hospital, but oftentimes you get several bills. There's a bill from the ambulance. There's a bill from each doctor that treated you, maybe a physician's group. 
And it's not unusual that maybe one of those bills, a bill from a physician who saw you for a few minutes in the hospital, just slips through the cracks. Uh, maybe your insurance was supposed to pay it, and they did it, and all of a sudden, you're going to buy a house, and it's on your credit report, reported by a debt collection agency, and you might end up getting a higher interest rate on a loan or even denied a loan because of a debt on your credit report that, you know, had you seen it early, you could have taken care of. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that, being proactive about it. And I imagine that, um, well, what is, I'm asking you for all these percentages and stuff like that. Is it, is, is medical bills, are these fairly common? Yes, uh, outstanding debt, medical bills, uh, credit card bills as well. That certainly makes sense. All right, so I am. I will just use that 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 example we were going with. That I I, I make credit card debt, and my debt gets turned over to a uh, a debt collection company, and they are calling me, and I'm taking notes, and they are running afoul of the laws. Is it just my word against theirs? How 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 does that actually? How do I prove that they're acting poorly? So most communications with a debt collector are actually recorded by the debt collector. Um, but if you think your rights are being violated, call my law firm and we'll give you a free evaluation. We have working relationships with a lot of debt collection agencies, um, and we can oftentimes get these cases resolved. What is great about the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act is there is a fee shift provision, meaning if we prevail as the plaintiff, the defendant debt collector has to pay my attorney's fees and costs in addition to damages our client is entitled to. So clients don't have to pay us a dollar out of their pocket to represent them in these cases, and we can often get them cash damages and or debt waiver, which debt waiver is huge because it not only eliminates the debt so the client doesn't owe it, but we can ask for it to be taken off the credit report, and it's really a fresh start for our clients. Got it. So in an effort to get the money, if those companies are doing it the wrong way, it's going to backfire on them if they're too aggressive. Absolutely. Yes. And so if, if in fact, I am the victim of a debt collection agency that is doing the wrong stuff and being too aggressive and breaking the rules. And I'm in, let's just say that I'm in Minnesota and that wasn't one of the states that has the, the double indemnity thing. Can I bring the, is, is it only in Minnesota that I can bring it or can I bring it in a different state that has the extra protection? So you would have to be brought either where you reside or where the debt was incurred, where the two parties went into contract, under contract together. Um, however, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act is great for consumers. Because of that fee shift, a consumer is also entitled to between zero and $1,000 in statutory damages and actual damages. So statutory damages are the debt collector violated the law, you are entitled to up to $1,000. Actual damages are you're on the phone with a debt collector, they're threatening to arrest you, have a sheriff come up to your house, 
Um, these are actions that they can't take and they don't intend to take, um, but relying on their threats, you pay them $500 over the phone. We can claim that $500 payment made in reliance on their empty threat as actual damages and recover that for you as well. Got it. Nice. So in the spirit of being proactive about things, if I am consistently checking my credit report maybe once a year, love to get your thoughts on that. But if I'm just in, in, in a place where I'm stuck, what are your thoughts on companies that hold themselves out to be able to repair your credit? So I would recommend checking your credit report more than every year. Um, you can get free copies of your credit report from annualcreditreport.com. That'll pull a report from each bureau, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. I would advise you to print it and go through it line by line because even something like a telephone number that doesn't belong to you or an address that has never been associated with you, those actually could be signs of identity theft and you want to get on top of that right away. So monitor your credit report more frequently than a year. Um, and then as far as credit repair companies, you know, I think if there's, if there's something inaccurate on your credit report, my office can help you dispute it because the other law that we practice under is the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And that ensures that a consumer's credit report is accurate. So if there's something not accurate on your credit report, for example, uh, an account that doesn't belong to you, maybe it's a credit card account, you're like, I've never had an American Express account. You can dispute it with the bureaus and they have 30 days to investigate the dispute. And if they continue to report the account after that or are reporting it inaccurately, then you can file suit. And this is another great law with a fee. So our clients don't pay out a penny out of pocket. Um, we can bring a lawsuit against the bureaus and the company furnishing the information. Client doesn't owe us anything, and the client is entitled to statutory damages and actual damages, and we have a 100% success rate at getting a client's credit report fixed and reported accurately. Wow, nice, 100%. Yep. So, okay, and is that a function of these these reporting agencies just would rather say, okay, we're, we're, we're not interested in putting up a fight here if there's a law firm sending us these, these, these letters or how, how does that interaction work out? How, how are you able so my, to have 100% success? So we actually just assist consumers with disputing it, advising them, this is the information that you need, attach a copy of your driver's license, if you have evidence, um, and just advising them on their rights. A lot of times consumers come to us and they're like, I've been disputing this for six months, you know, eight months, and it's still on there. They keep verifying that the information is accurate when it's not. Um, so I, we definitely see that quite frequently in the credit reporting realm. But if a consumer comes to us before they've disputed it, we could tell them, you know, this is kind of a guideline of what to include in your dispute, and then we can follow up with them, make sure they got the investigation results, and if um, the inaccuracy isn't fixed, we proceed with filing suit. 
Got it. Okay. Well, that's certainly... So you probably wish a lot more people came to you before so they could just do it right on the front end. It is It is a little bit easier that way um, because oftentimes consumers might dispute an inaccuracy online. So you don't know exactly what information they provided to the bureaus, but it's usually enough to still you know, have, have a valid claim at the end of the day. Um, but from an attorney's perspective, you know, it's good to have that documentation, that written dispute with all your evidence. So you can really prove that their investigation was unreasonable when they looked into the dispute. Got it. Okay. What are some other, what, what's, what's maybe some other thoughts on, on how people can be, be proactive about managing their credit? Um, you know, I think, think on top of monitoring your credit report, um, it's just important to keep control of your finances in general. Um, and really coming back to the credit report is the easiest way to do that because there is so much information on a credit report, even if you look at a single account. I mean, you could see payment history for a really long period in the past. and. Maybe there was one month that the credit card company reported that you were late and you actually weren't. Or maybe it's your mortgage that reported that you were late one month and then that really has a spiraling effect on your mortgage and getting that fixed to show, hey, you know, I made this payment on time. Look at this check. Um, it's really important to just look at all the information. Is What is the account? Is it current? We see a lot of bank or excuse me, we see a lot of inaccuracies on credit reports stemming from bankruptcy. After a consumer goes through bankruptcy, accounts should report if they were discharged in bankruptcy. Um, oftentimes they don't. Maybe they report accounts that were discharged that weren't. And really the only way to get this fixed is with a dispute letter. Another common theme that we see with credit reporting issues is mixed files. So um, John Smith and John Smith Jr., father and son, um, they, their credit reports are oftentimes mixed. So, you know, the father's credit card account might end up on the son's credit report. And, um, you know, that's, that's not accurate if it's not, the account does not belong to the son. Again, the only way to get that information off your credit report is to dispute it. Nice, yeah. I, I think that that probably, I imagine that happens way more than uh, than 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 we might expect. S siblings is really common as well. Hmm. I've had actually a couple clients who have a sibling with similar names and social security numbers that are like one number off. Um, and again, yeah, they, they come to us and they're like, you know, my brother, my sister's bankruptcy is on my credit report. Their outstanding credit card debts are, are on my credit report. What can I do? And in those situations, it's almost, it's a point of desperation. I, you know, I've tried disputing it countless times because they don't know that they have a right to bring a lawsuit um, if these inaccuracies aren't fixed after a dispute, which is why it's important to contact an attorney like my law firm to see if your rights have been violated and we will help you protect those rights. Nice. Well, Taylor, you've given us a couple already, but the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? 
I've, yeah, I've given it, and I can't stress enough. Monitor your credit report. Go to annualcreditreport.com. Pull your reports. Go through it with a fine-tooth comb. If there's anything inaccurate, something you don't recognize, take action. Call our law firm, and we'll see how we can help you. Well, I think that, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you, and how, how, how can they engage with you? Absolutely. Check out our website, www.agrislawfirm.com. You can also call us for a free consultation at 312-300-5996. Our online reviews really speak for themselves. We love to help people, and we're good at what we do, putting people first. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Taylor your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to agrusslawfirm.com. It's A-G-R-U-S-S lawfirm.com. Give them a call, 312-300-5996. Thanks again, Taylor. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>